Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Vinegar Syndrome. Check them out online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the most interesting DVD and Blu-ray labels around because of their extensive catalog of horror, cult, exploitation, and vintage sexploitation films. Unlike most companies, Vinegar Syndrome is also a restoration company with their own in-house lab, where they've done new restorations for companies such as Arrow, Massacre Video, and Draft House Films. Check out Vinegar Syndrome today and grab your copy of Dolomite, Sugar Cookies, Jack Frost, Psycho Cop Returns, Malibu High, or Nurse Sherry. While I'm a little more knowledgeable than my co-host, I can assure you that I love Vinegar Syndrome. Whenever I'm at a convention, their table is one of the first I hit, and much to my wife's chagrin, I spend way too much time going over every single title. I own more than just a few. So once again, head over to www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Like doing this in person with someone because normally it's you've never done it in person no i've never recorded a podcast in person i mean i've been here but and you've sat next to me to it's Nick, like yeah. weird because it's very it's strangely personal because we're just staring at each other <laughs> like i feel like there should be candles lit lit and like if this was a movie the there'd be a camera going in a 360 around us as we're talking <laughs> and that would be the tr- the you know the transparency of time like it would show like the camera going one way and then it would cross dissolve and it'd be going the other way as we're having a conversation and that's how we show the passage of time (laughs) what do you smell frankenstein there's no more treats for you all right i should probably actually do the intro hello and welcome to another episode of the shameless picture show i am michael Vyers, and nick is not here again (laughs) Well, that sounds mean. That's not how I mean it. Um, we had some technical difficulties. I was on vacation. Me and my wife, Amanda, who's here with me. Hi. You are? I'm Amanda. You just right. said that. I don't want to think <laughs> I'm doing the voices. Like, um, uh, I was on vacation. Me and, we were in Florida visiting your friend, and we went to Disney World. And Nick's entire family got sick with, like like a stomach flu and i think one of them might have had pneumonia and i wouldn't be surprised if one of them was dying i don't remember he just they all had something different and they're all transmitting it to each other which is a terrible scenario yeah like that scares me most about having kids one of my employees comes in sick all the time because of her kid like just the thought that like oh we're perfect health but then we create this germ machine yeah. That goes to school with other germ machines <laughs> and they bring their weird mutated infectious germs back <laughs> and then if we get sick, it doesn't matter because we got no one to take care of us, but we got to take care of those little germ machines, even if we're sick. Yeah. Like, just seems gross. <laughs> Nick, if you're listening, I don't know how you do it. Is he feeling better at least now? Yes. I asked him if he was feeling better. He's still feeling a little queasy in the stomach when he left. That was yeah. like a week ago. Uh, funny enough, they're... 
No, they're not in Wisconsin. I thought they were in Wisconsin because that's where Nick's filming. Yeah, because I'll say they're on vacation right now too, right? Yes. N- Nick, and that's the other part of the story. I came back and, uh, you know, Nick was sick. And I was like, well, don't worry. I can edit the episode. All of his, all the, his side of the foot, uh, the audio was at his work computer and he was leaving the next day. So we have our episode for Dark City recorded. It's just not going to be up. In, it's probably going to be the next episode. Um, uh, and I've got to add to that episode now with oh, because we got uh, we got a new sponsorship package in. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm probably going to have to record something separate, tack it onto the end, uh, so that way, you know, I've reviewed those discs. So, anyways, that's why we're we're doing this. Me and Amanda are doing this. It's strange. Like, uh, we're just staring across each other, the table from each other, and I'm used to like looking at a little Skype picture or not <laughs> looking at anyone at all. I mean, it's just a conversation. You should be used to looking at me and talking. Yeah, but it's usually not this intense because like we're just like this is like this is like our first date when we're just sitting. When across we the go table. to eat, we sit across the table from each other. That's fair. That's fair, but there's a microphone. I don't know. It feels feels different. <laughs> um, so the point, um, not the point. I um, thing about this podcast, and I appreciate everyone who's been listening, who's been supportive of it because it's still in its growing stages. You know, me and Nick have a, a I don't want to say a theme, but we have a structure that we kind of go with. But you know, life gets in the way. I've said this multiple times, and I feel like it bears repeating. We live in different states, different time zones. He's got two kids and a full-time job. We've got two animals and two full-time jobs. They're, they're kids. They're kids. They're they're they're. They're as messy as kids. Yeah. That one specifically. Frankie. She's pointing towards the dog. Our our dog Frankenstein. Um, and because of that, you know, sometimes things get in the way, and that's why we do this bi-weekly. Because if we would have, if we were doing this show weekly, it would have died already. Um, but that being said, I, I appreciate that everyone who's listening is like cool enough that know that like not every episode is going to be me and Nick, like running down things from our shameless, but I still always want it to be movie themed. And even if I have to talk about, you know, movies on my own, like I want it to be around things that I haven't seen. That's what's so nice about this spon- the the sponsorship from Vinegar Syndrome is I think out of their entire oeuvre of films I've seen like Ouvra? Ouvra. I've never heard that word. You've before. never heard Ouvra. It's no. O U E V R E. Ouvra. Okay. It means like their entire like collection palette aesthetic. Okay. Um <laughs> uh out of their entire Ouvra. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it cuz it makes you laugh. Uh I've seen like maybe 1 to 2% of it. Yeah. Heard of more of it but it's like you look at everything they put out it's either crazy exploitation or porn (laughs) which fits into that nice category of crazy exploitation yeah i mean yeah so like someone's got to restore it someone's just sitting on all these canisters of porn and they're like we'll take it so but with Everything that's coming from Vinegar Syndrome, our movie collection is growing. They've been really good. Yeah, they've been really good to me. Uh, 
they've liked what I've been doing to the doing with with the show and with their content. I have a nice little thing that I tack on the beginning of the episodes that I record that I recorded that I use music from some of their movies. It's kind of fun, but um, when I say my co- our collection is growing, like that's already a daunting thing because um, I might post a picture of it on the Facebook. But, like, our collection is already huge. It's two full shit. Well, as of right now, the shelves aren't full because we have knickknacks and everything on it. It, But it, I would say, how many would you say this fits? Like, like um, a thousand movies, Would you like, if you had to guesstimate? Yeah. Because it was about... S- I don't remember the numbers. It, it went by whether or not it was Blu-ray or DVD and whether or not it was CDs, but... We have like 700. We've got 700 combined. Yeah. yeah, Blu-ray and DVD. And the Blu-ray shelf is... Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... There's eight shelves that you can fit Blu-rays on. And six of them. Probably more when you put the rest away. They're about six and a half, five and a half, six are filled. Yeah. Uh, DVD, not as much, because DVD, honestly, we're downscaling. But um, it's daunting. And I figure what we would do with this episode is talk about collector culture, because it's obviously big to me, and it's become big to you, and you've learned quite a bit, and just, like, I feel like your 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 brain has expanded in terms of, like, companies that put things out, how some of these movies get put out, restorations, and then I feel like since we've met, which was, like, almost five years ago? Yeah. Um, like, you had a small little collection of movies, I think it was, like, seven 14. It was a little more than 7, but yeah. 8. <laughs> um Sure, let's go. And with then eight. I I came in at the time with 5, 6. No, I don't think I bought that many movies. I feel like I had a good I feel like you had 500 because we had 600 like last year. All right, so we had I had about 500 movies when Ish, she yeah. met when she met me and you know, I feel like the whole idea of collecting has become more ingrained in you and yeah. uh like for me uh when i was a kid and i started like first time i got a dvd which was star wars episode 2 attack of the clones uh that was kind of a funny story the fact that you literally remember what the first dvd you got was it was a christmas present that's why there's a story behind it um my family so my cousin robert he uh before and he does this big christmas party before he did it my Aunt Liz did it, and then my Uncle Raymond did it before him. So when we were doing it at Aunt Liz, we had a gift exchange where you'd put, like, a list of, like, five things that you don't have so that way whoever is your secret Santa has kind of an idea of what to go off of. And I... Star Wars episode two had just come out, and I put like I put a couple movies on, and they're all VHS. <laughs> so this was still like this was like right at that intro transitional point where you could still get VHS because I didn't own a DVD. No one in the house owned a DVD player. Christmas Eve came. I opened it up, and I got Star Wars episode two. I was so excited, and I realized, oh wait, it's a DVD. I looked at my aunt Paula who got it for me. He's like, I don't have a DVD player. And I Aww. gave it back to her. Aww. And my Aunt Paulette's like, don't worry about it. And that is kind of how I was... Um, I realized I was getting a PlayStation 2 the next day. Because I didn't have a DVD player. I wanted a PlayStation 2. That came with a DVD player. <laughs> In a weird way, it was kind of spoiled for me. But that's the reason I'm always going to remember what my first DVD is. And I still might have that DVD on... 
I have no idea what my first DVD was. I remember when my dad first got the DVD player, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what we had or didn't have. Do you or... remember the first movie you watched? On DVD? Yes. No. Because I can tell you. Of course first. you can. <laughs> well, not I can, I can tell you what the first movie you watched is. No, no. No, I, can tell, I, can, <laughs> I know. I can tell you the first movie that me and mom watched on DVD together. And that was uh, War of the Worlds. It wasn't even Star Wars episode No, two? I watched that one by myself. She had no interest in it. But like, oh, as mean, a family, okay, okay. we watched Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Oh. Um, Never seen it. It's it's actually not bad. I haven't seen it since it came out. Remember when we were, we were at a, a Horror Hound and we met Scott Shermer, who made that movie Plank Face and yeah, Found? Yeah, He was talking about not many movies scare him, but War of the Worlds gives him this sense of anxiety and dread. Hmm. Which, so he thinks it's still an effective film uh, okay. for being a big blockbuster retelling of War of the Worlds and with Tom Cruise it's surprising only thing I remember about it is the lead actor from Shawshank Redemption is in it in a really creepy role and I remember Tom Cruise running but I feel like any movie of Tom Cruise is going to be a big dramatic scene of him like running and pumping his arm <laughs> like if you think about any Tom Cruise trailer I think you know exactly like the run I'm talking yeah. about yeah. like those are the only two things I remember about that movie Yeah. but it's probably pretty accurate um, but when I was that young collecting that wasn't really a thing like I, I i collected loose collected things like i had some toys but like it wasn't anything like i have a collection of anything like i find a couple rocks that i liked and i was like i got a collection of rocks but it really wasn't um and it wasn't until i got big into movies that i realized that you could collect these that you know there's more movies coming out than just whatever was in theaters yeah. Like, whatever the new release is, like, when I found out there's companies that put old movies out, like, I was like, wait, they're not already just out somewhere? I, fig- I, I figured, like, Fox, once they're like, oh, VHS is done, dude, let's do DVD, and they just, like, took their entire catalog and had <laughs> one guy just burning discs of their entire catalog. Like, I just figured, like, oh, DVD's around, everything was probably out. And realize that, like, from each generation, there's things that are lost. Like, there's movies on, from VHS that were ne- never made it to DVD. Strangely, I'm making the Blu-ray because of places like Vinegar Syndrome. But Because they care more about quality than just DVD. Yeah. So, I'm kind of, like, going on a weird tirade or tangent here. But, like, <laughs> I guess the whole point of this is, you know, collecting was big to me when you met me. Like yeah. I said, you had a couple movies, but, like, it wasn't, like, I need to own this for posterity. Even if I watch it, like, three times in my entire life, this is something I have to own. And I can't explain it internally, like, why I feel that way. M- maybe it's part part of its fear. Because knowing, like, like, for example, that Reanimator that we, that we got, the new Arrow version of Reanimator, that fear that, say, if we don't buy that one... This could be the last time it ever comes out. And once that one sells out. Because most of these companies aren't going to go to 4K Blu-ray. It's too expensive. Yeah. So, like, the big movies. Like, I don't think physical discs are going to ever truly disappear. Because how I think it's going to work is 4K Blu-ray is going to be for the new, new releases. You know, the Transformers 28 and whatever Tom Cruise Ronnie movie comes out next. (laughs) Those are going to get the 4K Blu-ray releases and some of the the really important classic films. 
But like these boutique labels like, like Criterion Collection and Scream Factory, they can't afford that jump. And not enough people have it for them to warrant it. So like Blu-ray is going to be where a lot where it stops for a lot of these companies. And I feel like even after the majors have stopped printing Blu-rays, they're going to continue as a boutique market. But people don't care as much about having something in their hands to hold. Look at how popular like Nooks have become because people don't give a shit about actually holding a book. Yeah. And I feel like there's this, like, internal panic that I get that, like, if this sells out, I don't know if another company's going to put it out. And especially some of the weird titles that, that Vinegar Syndrome puts out, like, they've said on some of the releases, once the once they're sold out, they don't sell as fast as Criterion or Scream Factory. Like, they've got a couple titles that have done really well, but, like... They might not print more. Like, if it, take, it took them so long to move their original units. That's true, yeah. It's, it wouldn't be smart for them. So I feel like that's where some of my mentality comes from. But, like, I guess let's, let's turn it towards you. Since collecting has become a bigger thing since you met me. And you kind of know how my brain works now. And you kind of get this... You understand the panicky person that I am. Like, has it changed anything for you? Like, not even just for collecting movies, but just your enjoyment of them and, like, the types of things you like? I mean, as far as collecting, like, I know that's how you think, and because of that, it makes it hard to be like, oh, we shouldn't get this, because I know that there's a good chance it's gonna uh, sell out, and we're never gonna be able to get it again. So, like... I guess, in a way, then I start panicking, because I'm like... <laughs> and it's never my intention to make you panic, it's just like... Because like, I'll even tell myself, it's like, this could sell out, but I can't afford it. I shouldn't. But then, like, it's like, your your eye keeps darting to the corner, I'm like, but it's there. I can't afford it. No, I do. <laughs> like, every time you send me a movie that's coming out, and it's, like, from one of those boutique labels, I'm like crap <laughs> well that's how like and funny things i never send it to you is like i want this right this second it's more like i think it's, it's usually a picture accompanied by 15 exclamation points yeah like, hey someone's putting this out or look how cool this is and then it's not until later on that i'm like oh shit now i actually have to buy it buy this and it's not like it's not like i want to buy this it almost feels like i have to right and it's like and then it's like i feel bad like what if i what if we don't get it this time and then there's no other opportunity. What if in 10 years, you look back and you're like, you know what, I really wish we would have gotten that Chucky collection. And we never did. And now it's like $300. Mm-hmm. Like, like, <laughs> or like when we, were, when we went to Grindhouse Video. Which, this is another thing you've put up with since meeting me. Uh, I, I seek out video stores now. And not just like a family video or you know some mom and pop rental chain. Which are fine. And... I haven't been to Family Video in a while, and I, I still like the nostalgia of walking through. Yeah. I just, I never think to go down to, to the video store and rent something. We never had luck with the Blu-rays not skipping, and or DVDs not skipping and stuff. Yeah. Um, but whenever we go to some place that might have a video store, which I've turned, oh, there's actually one in Madison that we haven't hit yet. Um, it's uh, it's always exciting, because you never know what you're going to find. And like I said, you've, you've put up with me quite a bit just like seeking these out but like when we went to grindhouse video and we found the crazies for like less than 20 bucks like the the it was the blue underground blu-ray release of the film and i looked it up and it's out of print 
Yeah. And it's like $80 on Amazon. I'm like, we got this for a steal just because we happen to be here. And that's like the best feeling. Mm -hmm. Because as great as it is being able to buy things online, I feel like you'll agree with me too because you collect other things. You know, you're a collector of like stuffed animals and, um, you know, seashells and other cool little things. It's cool, like, oh, or pop vinyls. Like, oh, there's that scar that I, that scar pop vinyl I really wanted on the internet. And you could buy it and get it, and it's still like, oh, I have this, and it's awesome. But how much better is it feeling finding it in the wild? Like, going in and not knowing what you're looking for. Or spending an entire year and a half searching for it, and you just finally finding it on Black Friday. I stumbled into a store and found it. Uh, (laughs) There's nothing cooler than that, because sometimes I don't know what I want until I see it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. That's why, you know, I guess I really don't buy that much online unless there is something specific I want. Because you can't just, like, browse. No, because, like, how often do we go to half price books? Not buy anything. Like, we usually buy something. But yeah. how many times have we gone in just to look? A lot. Because you never know what you're going to find. Yeah. Especially at a place like that. I mean, with it just depends on what they happen to have. And it's kind of a a, a fun feeling knowing, like... You go to a place that, you know, people just just deposit whatever fucking movies they don't want. And to find a Vinegar Syndrome disc of Dolomite. <laughs> like, who sold this? Who in this area didn't want this movie? And it's not even like, who thought this movie was dumb? But it's like, who in this area has similar tastes to me that decided to drop this off? That one guy you know in Milwaukee. Josh? Yes. It very well might be him. Because <laughs> um, he, he's... I don't want to say worse because it's 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 not like a bad thing to be a collector, but he's you know since he just he lives by himself, him and his dog, uh, and he has a pretty decent job. He buys pretty much I don't want to say everything, but anything yeah. that comes out, even if he hasn't heard of it, watch it. If he doesn't like it, he sells it right away and finds yeah. the next one. Um, he's still a collector. He has a lot of things that he doesn't sell. I just have a hard time like letting go, and that's a problem. I'm fixing of my own like right oh i didn't love this movie but do i really want to get rid of it yeah i don't know i feel like i'm not a good influence on that either way because <laughs> i i'm not like i don't like to get rid of things either no and, and it's not like we're pack rats or anything no i mean it's not you know there's still there are, we do clean and go through stuff all the time but i mean like specific things like a lot of the movies we have not necessarily are all ones that we both like like remember that terrible one we got from walmart that one time oh yes um uh, alone in the dark or uh, that wasn't it i don't know i just remember i loved the cover mm-hmm. but the movie was not great and that's it's, and like, i've got and this goes down to just my 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 uh, uh love for cinema is like newer movies that are crap i have a lot easier time potentially getting rid of Mm-hmm. than an older movie that is crap. But we still have that one. We do, because we, we just got it back from Holly, and then I just kept forgetting to sell it. Oh, okay. So it's not that I'm intentionally holding on to it, I just keep forgetting to sell it. Gotcha. Or like, oh, and then, or like, oh, oh, I have to sell this, but I don't have another stack to go with it, and to move one disc is just stupid. It's, yeah, not worth it. Um, But then, like, say, you know, Nurse Sherry, which I didn't love, but I didn't hate either, or Evils of the Night, you know, two really, like, they weren't for me, I don't know how often I'm going to watch them, but I feel like... Or, let's see, there's another one, too, like, um, uh, I feel like there's another movie we watched recently that we were both like, it was okay, 
I think it might have been Vampire Lovers. You fell asleep. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. And I was like, I feel like I need to give it a second try. But the problem is when you have this many movies, how often... It's yeah. It's like a give and take type thing, or like, um, especially because like I don't want to be like, oh, I uh, I am gonna I don't have any interest in this movie, and I sell it, and then like a year down the line, I'm like, I want to see that movie again. Fuck, why'd I sell it? Especially limited edition ones. Like I right. especially don't want to sell those just because they're limited. <laughs> <laughs> like. If I don't like one of the Transformers movies, I, get, I don't have a problem getting rid of that. But like, well, those are easy to find. Something that something that like one of these boutique labels put out and they put a lot of time and effort into, I don't want to get rid of. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not a good influence on that because I, I mean, I'm not any better at getting rid of things like that either. But at the same time, like, I guess I also think it's like, I feel like the only reason that I have this feeling that I need to get rid of is because we don't have a whole lot of space. Yet. But Yet. Yeah. But, like... Because I'm constantly panicking. Because, like, it's not like, oh, I added one movie to my collection. That's cool. It's more like, I bought one movie. It's going to be 50 by tomorrow. Just, like... And not <laughs> even because, like, I'm overbuying. It's just because my brain extrapolates things. Right. Um, But, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I look at... We look at... Well, I at least look at it daily. You kind of they're forced to it's right next to our couch right next to our television it's always <laughs> I say, I there can't avoid it but um and it's funny how often i browse my own collection i just look and because sometimes i forget what i have and like i don't know i strangely just appreciate it like i like looking at it. it's impressive it looking. is i mean i agree with that and what well, i think uh paul one time my our my friend paul mm-hmm. you know who he is but you know yeah listeners um he came, this is back when I was living with my mom, and I, I had those little baby shelves, remember the little shelves oh that I used God, to have? Oh my God, yeah. Um, he came over, and he was like, your collection is so weird. And I was like, why is that? It's like, you'll have, you just have very weird things next to each other. And just because I alphabetize, but like, you, you just, you end up, I love seeing two movies that shouldn't be next to each other just because of alph- alphabetization. Like, having Maniac... The two Maniac movies and Maniac Cop next to each other, that makes sense, because they're, you know, that's alphabetical. Right. But, like, having Monster House in between Maniac Cop and Motel Hell. Roar and Robin Hood. Roar and Robin Hood. Just how Roar was. And and this is the Disney... Robin uh, Hood, yeah, the cartoon one. You know, there's similar animals. There's a bear in Roar. Wait, was there a bear? I don't think there was a bear. They were African animals. You're right. Um... Or, like, Spider-Man next to Spring Breakers. Or Sleepaway Camp and Sleeping Beauty, Slapshot, The Simpsons movie. (laughs) That, like, that... I like... That brings me joy. Like, one day, if we have, like, more movies than we know what to do with, I'd consider, like, doing, like, a video store and breaking them up into genre or something. But right now, we have so... I don't say so few, because, like, 700 is nothing to balk at, but, like... It really doesn't look as intense as it sounds. Like when I, if I tell people that we have like seven hundred movies, like they probably I f- think we're swimming in like yeah. And I duck. feel like they envision like you walk into a movie store. Like if you walk into Family Video, like they have so many, but it really doesn't look like that much on the shelf. No, Granted, it's no, not it our entire collection, but still, no, like the we, amount we have out yeah. off of it is not that big. That's seven fifty, or I, uh, 
I don't think it's 750. I can actually check real quick. That number doesn't is not just DVDs and Blu-rays. That also includes VHS tapes, TV shows, TV shows, collections which we don't have on the shelf. Yeah. Oh, 735. So okay. I uh, I think we might have sold a couple things last time. Oh, uh, somewhat recently, within the last year. Um, but yeah. Krampus and Kubo. Krampus and Kubo. That's another one. Or like. Um, The Conjuring and Cop Out. (laughs) Christmas Evil and Christmas Vacation next to Cinderella. Like, I I always wanted to do, like, if I could find a a way that I could do, like, find a place where I could do, like, show movies, like, for free, just for people. Uh, Or I guess I could do it at the apartment, but, like, no one wants to drive out to Maguanago. I don't even want to drive out to Maguanago, and I live here. Um, I would love to do a series of double features based solely on what movies are next to each other. <laughs> well, so, you know, to show, um, Krampus and Kubo or the house by the cemetery and Howard the Duck. Why? <laughs> Just because they're next to each other. Yeah. Well, maybe when we move... Yeah, maybe people actually want to come and visit us then. Once we get a house. They're probably not going to want to cram in our room at your mom's house. No. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not, no. Um, But before you met me, like, I don't think there's a single person out there who's like, I don't like movies. Everyone likes movies to an extent. Maybe people don't necessarily watch them for more than just something to do on a Friday night. Like, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. Fuck it. Let's go see... I keep picking on Transformers. Let's go see the new Medea movie. Okay. It's just something to do. Right. Like, I, I feel like I've met maybe one or two people that are like, oh, I don't like movies. Fuck movies. But for the most part, I feel like everyone likes watching a movie occasionally. Right. Um, and I realize not everyone's obs- as obsessive as I am. No. Like, I still know people who have like, oh, I've got like, I've got a pretty big collection. I've got like 20 movies. And I, I, I almost like laugh. <laughs> Not because like I'm judging them, but I'm like, oh, you think that's a lot. <laughs> um, like, you know, that's not really a lot. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I never, the amount that I had, you also have to remember, a lot of my movies I left with my dad. Yeah. Like, we had a pretty extensive VHS and DVD collection yeah. when I was growing up. But I guess, like, uh, I want to know a little bit about you before you met me. Like, you might not be able to answer this because it's kind of a strange question, but, uh, like, how did you how did you decide what movies you wanted to buy? Because you had a couple Blu-rays, you had like Life of Pi and The Help, which I know were two movies you really that really gravitated towards you. But like, how did did you just like oh I want to watch this and you found it and you bought it or like did you have? Um. Yeah, I mean it was a lot of just like well I I like that movie and I want to be able to watch it whenever I want kind of thing. Um, sometimes it was just because they had extra in-store credit like when my laptop broke and they gave me in-store credit from best buy so i just had extra money left over after buying my tv so i was like just browsing the movies and grabbing whatever i was like oh i wouldn't mind owning this but uh because i had netflix at the time when i was younger before we really had netflix we bought most of our movies Mm -hmm. we rented some from family video but we bought most of the ones we wanted Mm -hmm. but then i mean when you met me i was 
paying rent in a two-bedroom apartment on shift manager's salary. You didn't have a whole lot of extra money. No. It was funny. I I thought about myself. Um, Like, when when I... You know, I I can't escape movies. The last two jobs I've had have sold movies, so I see them daily and just can't help but look. Even if you don't necessarily apply to buy anything, you're just like, oh, maybe you'll see a gem or something. Right. But, um... I thought about myself, and, like, when I started making a little bit of money, like, with my first couple of jobs, and I was buying movies, or, like, asking my mom to buy me movies, it was never a question of, like, do I buy this movie? Or, like, it was like, oh, this is the new movie that came, because I got a different, a different buying habits at the time, I was like, oh, this is the new movie that came out. I didn't think, I should go rent this. I was like, well, I just have to buy it. Yeah. See, for me, I bought movies that I liked. You know, that's why I had The Lion King. And Life of Pi. And, well, Life of Pi I hadn't even seen, but I liked the book so much. So, like, I, I, I didn't pick things because they were new. I picked them because I was like, this is something that I like. I want to own it. At the time, I rarely ever got to go to the movies. So I, I was didn't like, go to the movies. Well, either. I know. I'm just saying, like, that was my thought process. Like, oh, I didn't see this. I want to. And, like, I want to see it somehow translated to, I have to buy this. I must <laughs> own this thing. And now you rarely buy new releases. No, unless I really like it. Or if it's a quote-unquote new release from a boutique. Yeah, like, like I still want to buy Baby Driver, and I like the new Planet of the Apes came out. Yeah. I still need to buy Kong. Well, we can't buy Planet of the Apes until we get it on Steelbook, because the other two are on Steelbook. We have to check Target for that. Target <sighs> is the one that had the other Steelbooks. That's right. Yes. What if so. they're sold out? You want to go to Target tonight? Maybe. Maybe we can go with a Target, then. I'm keeping all this in the episode, because this is funny to me. <laughs> um, like, I don't know, I feel like I've, in some respects, I've become a lot more selective, but in other ways, I haven't. Like, I guess just as my tastes formed, like, I know what I'm looking for. I mean, I obviously didn't know you back then, but I feel like you, it, even just in the time that I have known you, and just the way you've talked about, you know, the way you used to buy movies... You've become more selective, I think, but you've also broadened the kind of movies that interest you and the boutiques that you're aware of. So while you've kind of become more selective of what you want to buy, there are more options. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned one time, a uh, previous episode, when I was talking to Brennan Klein about slasher films, how I said there's so much to watch nowadays that it almost feels like there's nothing to watch. Yeah. Because there's so many options. Yeah. Like, fuck it. I don't even know what to watch. And then you end up watching nothing. Like, that was my problem. Me personally watching nothing? No, no. Like, just me. I mean, that's not exactly an incorrect thing. That's why I watched, put on those random, no-purpose TV shows that I just run in the background. Because it's like, then I don't have to decide from 734 movies which one I want to watch, so I pick a random TV show and just let it go. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it happens so often, like, it's probably going to happen tomorrow, because you have to work late, and it's like, oh, I can watch a movie, and then I'm going to stare at my shelf and be like, fuck. Because, like, just because I'm so into movies, like, daily, I'll think, like, oh, I want to watch, like, something will make me think of a, a movie, it's like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while, or oh, I'd like to watch that. And then when it gets down to, like, actually having to pick a movie, I can't remember my selections. <laughs> so you should make a list. I have, uh, and it's all that one itself is like over a hundred. Oh my gosh! Because I keep thinking of things. But make it a rule: you can have no more than 
10 movies on the list. I thought about going into, like, the notes pad. Yeah. And just doing it by day. Like, say, put a date. And if I think of two or three movies that day, I put them on there. So that way, if I have time to watch a movie that day, I got something to pull from. And then I delete it. I mean, you could do that, but that sounds... I don't know. Like, what if you don't decide to watch the movie till tomorrow? Like, I would do, like, a list. Ten movies. You want to add another movie? You got to delete a movie. It's not a bad idea. I like lists. You do like lists. I really like lists. And just make your limit, though. You So either you watch a movie to take it off the list, or you have to just remove it if you want to add something else. It's not a bad idea. Because, like... Like, I've got a bunch of movies that Josh lent me that I need to watch. And yeah. One of them is specifically a, a Halloween movie, so I feel like I should... Which one? Um, WNUF Halloween Special. I've heard about this film. Hmm. It's, um, I'll read the back of it to you. For, uh, for decades, obscure film collectors and lovers of esoteric cinema have sought it. Finally, the search is over. Originally broadcast live on October 31st, 1987, the WNUF Halloween special is a stunning expose of terrifying supernatural activity that unfolded at the infamous Weber House, the site of ghastly murders. Local television personality Frank Stewart leads a group of paranormal investigators, including Catholic exorcist Father Joseph Matheson and the prolific husband and wife team Luis and Claire Berger. Together, the experts explore the darkest corners of of the supposedly haunted Weber house trying to prove the existence of the demonic entities within. Did they find the horrific truth or simply put superstition, superstitious rumors to rest? Compiled from the highest quality source material available, this DVD features a full program including the original commercials that ran during the notorious broadcast. What's interesting about this film is it's completely faked. This was this is a more contemporary film, this is like 2013, that they've like shot to be like a running broadcast from that night so they'll cut to commercials they'll cut back to their news team oh weird and their simulated things and it's meant to be like someone just found this broadcast weird yeah and like i've heard about this movie and you know he eventually just like have you seen this i'm like no and that was that day where he's just essentially throwing movies at us <laughs> so like well, realistically now this is probably top of that list but um I guess before we wrap up, I, um, like, I feel like we both have, like, our tastes have changed since meeting each other, or our tastes have expanded, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot more about what there is out there, you know, like, I didn't know that there was a subgenre of semi-truck horror movies. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I always liked scary movies, but... My idea of a scary movie was either paranormal. That's called truck exploitation, by the way. Okay, good to know. Um, it was either paranormal or it was like gore porn, which I was never super into. Do you mean torture porn? Really? I always heard it called gore porn. I've always heard it called like. Give me an example. What's one of these movies? Uh, saw movies. Torture porn. Okay. Gore porn though sounds more interesting. I feel like I've always always been called gore porn that I was when I was growing up. Gorn. <laughs> Gorn sounds gross. It sounds like a creature that lives under your bed. Kinda, yeah. Um, but yeah, porn. so like I didn't know that there was different kinds of paranormal movies to the point where there's actually subgenres. Like I, I feel like I knew that there were horror comedies, but I can't really. But I feel like it was just 
Scream, or not Scream, uh, Scary Movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that was... Spoof, more yeah, so. Yeah, more of a spoof than an actual horror comedy. Like, that was my idea of a horror movie, was those three sections. That The fact that there's so much more out there, I didn't even... It's it's actually a common thing, maybe not necessarily like those examples, but like, uh, when I started getting the horror films and like, I... My mom, she only thought, like, when she heard, like, horror movie or scary movie, she automatically just assumed slasher films. See, I didn't, I never even thought slasher films. Like, I mean, I I guess I kind of, I guess what my idea of, now that I know it's called torture porn. What, I like gore porn. <laughs> keep going with gore okay. porn. Okay, what my, what my idea of gore porn was would have, I guess, included slasher films. Okay. Um, in in my head, I obviously it's not at all the same thing. It's an extension of it. it yeah, it, but I mean, it's you know, it's it's also like a different era, I guess. Yeah, and what I've kind of liked about what I've liked about this marriage. Oh, there's one thing that you've liked about this marriage. It's, it's a, gonna be a year and a week, and you got one thing that you like. One of many, <laughs> but um. I'm the first to admit it. I can be kind of pretentious. I feel like I've toned it down a lot, especially when around the time that you met me, because I kind of saw myself going down. Yeah, I never really knew pretentious Michael. Uh, he wasn't a good person. <laughs> he wasn't a bad person. He was just kind of pretentious. Like I still, I've still got it to an extent, and it just comes from you know higher knowledge, I guess. It's like same thing of probably you in photography. I'm sure there's sometimes where like. There's a thought of air of pretension just because you know a little bit more than most other people. And Well, yeah. I mean, but I just, I'm thinking about, like, some of the comments you've said, people that you've know have made, or, like, their reasons for hating movies. Like, you seem to be able to find the good in most movies. And, or have fun with it, even if it's terrible. And I feel like even when I was going through my pretentious phase, I wasn't as bad as some of the other people I knew. But, um... Trying to think of where I, where I was going. Oh, yeah. There was plenty of movies I would have probably have never watched. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I've loved about, like, us being together. Because you came into this of different interests than me. And, you know, I want to see things that you want to see. So, like, nothing against The Life of Pi because I really loved the movie. I don't know if I would have ever watched the movie. Just because I had no one giving, like, yeah, I won a bunch of Academy Awards. But I had no one be like, you should see this movie. It's great. Here's why. Right. Or I probably would have never have watched The Help just because I didn't think it was going to interest me at all and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Or we would have I would have never seen the new Annie remake. <laughs> Wasn't exactly what I hoped for a year's worth of hype, but <laughs> No, but like it was a good it, it was a good time yeah. and like um you know a lot of the ki- a lot of the really bad kids movies we want to go see cuz sometimes just you know. Yeah. One of us is in the mood for something else, and, like, I feel like I've turned you on to a lot. Yeah. Side note, when, speaking of Life of Pi, when we first met, and I remember trying to tell you why I liked Life of Pi, because I remember you asked, that was one of the first questions you asked me, was, um, if I liked the movie or the book better, and why, or something like that. It was something about the two. And, like, I remember my answer was something along the lines of I liked the themes of the book, because the book did a better job, obviously, of explaining that. But the movie just looked really good, and it... I I remember not being able to really describe why I liked it. 
And I could probably do that a little better now mm-hmm. with I'm, the knowledge that I have now. I feel like at the time, too, you had the same opinion about Great Gatsby. You liked the book better because of the themes, but the movie was pretty. Yeah. But, like, now I can talk about it's, like, the color grading and the CGI that they did with the tiger versus when they used the real tiger in Life of Pi and how they floated so it didn't you know jar you too much mm-hmm. like those are things that i probably wouldn't have been able to i still not great at explaining it but i had no words to describe why i liked it yeah and like it doesn't even like the technical aspects aside i feel like you just know more how no more how that sounds dumb <laughs> you better understand how. better understand how to thank you just express your feelings about something yeah like, and it's just kind of cool that i can say more explain things better because yeah. like sometimes I, I still get lost like trying to explain like why something connected with me yeah um elric kane who's the host of the, the podcast shockwaves he's also a film professor he said this in one of the early episodes and it's always gravitated with me because it's how i feel about most things and and i am a lot easier on movies than some people like i i use that app letterboxd now to keep track of my media diet and it shows reviews other people have written and there's just some people i follow who give a really harsh on their grading skill granted everyone's got their own scale you know three stars for someone might not be as bad as three stars for someone else right but um um he said more than anything when i'm watching a movie i just want to feel something good bad or otherwise hate you know hate something is an emotion is a feeling yeah and sometimes to hate something isn't necessarily a bad thing because it made you feel something right um because i've said this about my own stuff my own film work like i'd rather have someone love it or hate it than just leave and be like it was a movie yeah because you'll forget it then if you hate it you'll generally remember it Mm mm-hmm I, there's some movies I, that I hated that well, I don't remember every detail about the movie. I remember that experience yeah. more than, like, I remember seeing The Bodyguard, that Gerard Butler romantic comedy, <laughs> better than I remember seeing Theory of Everything. Because the Gerard Butler movie pissed me off <laughs> so bad. And I remember watching it with Leanna uh, and being like, fuck this movie, it's pissing me off. But Theory of Everything, which was a perfectly good, you know, emotional little movie. I don't remember a single thing about that screen the other day. I was at UWM. Was it at UWM? Yes. <laughs> so, like, I don't... That's just what I don't want... Like, so... Because sometimes there's... Like I said, there's movies that stick with me. Like, I can talk about now why I still think Drive is one of the best films of the last ten years. And for me, one of the reasons is because not a week goes by where I don't think about that movie. Right. In some extent. But, like, more recently, last year, The Neon Demon movie that was extremely polarized and that people hated it got to me and i i haven't watched it since i had one viewing of it and i just automatically knew this is my favorite movie of the year and i'd have to actually sit down and think about it like why it is right other than it just got to me and sometimes that's enough yeah you know something like you don't sometimes not, the biggest thing i try not to do when i'm at a movie and sometimes you it's, it's impossible because sometimes it's just so glaringly bad, you can't help it. But I never try to sit there and think of like, oh, did they, did they hit this beat? Did they hit this beat? You know, oh, I don't like 
uh, where they have this character going. I try and I I've got the gift that a lot of my other filmmaking friends don't, where I can turn off my filmmaking brain. Sometimes you know I'm always going to comment on things like oh that was a really poor, that was a really bad jib shot or something like that. Right. But like I never think about the act of telling a story while I'm watching it. Yeah. Unless it's like I said, so glaringly bad. Because there's movies, and we've watched a couple together. You just sit there and we're like, has this person ever seen a movie before? <laughs> yeah. Do they know what a movie is? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, there's been some that like I don't think they've ever watched a movie. <laughs> they just someone gave them a camera and they figured it out. Um, but like, I guess the last thing I want to I want to talk about is like, if there's any part to I guess the collecting culture or just you know films that you now love that you didn't even know existed before that like do you ever get excited to like introduce other people to it yeah I mean I can't think of an exact example right now but you know it's fun being at work and being able to talk about movies that you know, like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of common movies that a lot of people grew up seeing that I never saw. Um, you know, things that, even though, like, there's a lot of movies that you show me that you understand I haven't seen. But then there's a lot that you're like, how have you not seen this? And it's nice being able to... It's your own personal shame list. Pretty much, yeah. It's nice being able to talk about that and join those conversations. And then also now be able to suggest other movies to people that they've never heard of. Because I've now seen them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I just love that, like, three of your favorite movies now are things that I introduced you to. Like, that's kind of a strange, like, excitement to it. Because, <laughs> like, when I first started getting really big into movies, I feel like, I feel, I've talked to a couple of different uh, cinephiles about this, and they all kind of agree that they, we all kind of go through a process of cherish, the cherishment, where, like, I found this movie. I don't want anyone else to know about it. Yeah. Because it's mine. Right. It's something you just discovered, ran into, it you think is great, and it's like your little secret. And I have less of that, because now it's more like, I want everyone to know how great this movie is. That was part of the reason... That No, I'm not even part of it. That was the, enti- the whole fucking reason I showed Phantom of the Paradise at our joint Bachelor Bachelorette party. And that's the reason I, deci- I, I, I asked if I could show it first. Because I thought everyone will come for Evil Dead 2 and then leave for the movie they have no idea for. Right. But if we show the movie that no one's heard of first, they have to stay for it. Right. And... And that's a great movie. Yeah. Like, that was one that uh, I just heard people talking about on a podcast, and I liked the director a lot. It's like, fuck it, I'm just going to blind buy this movie from Scream Factory. <laughs> and I love it. But, like, you know, your love, your just deep love for Evil Dead now to the point where you have a tattoo of it or Reanimator, uh, lesser, to a lesser extent, Reanimator. Like, you like it a lot, but then there's, like... I feel like if you would have shown me Reanimator first before Evil Dead, I probably would have loved Evil, uh, Reanimator the way I love Evil Dead. They've got a very similar tone. They are very similar, but I feel like I'm always going to love Evil Dead more because it was one of the first movies you showed me. Not mm-hmm. the first, but one of the first. And, then, and there was the Mad Max films, which I can't take full credit for because we had, you'd wanted to see you wanted to see Fury Road just based on those commercials. Yeah. And I was like, hey, 
Scream Factory put out the original Mad Max. Let's check that out. And, you know, you saw the original one, then you saw Fury Road, and you lo you loved Fury Road. I don't know if you loved the original Mad Max right away, but I know you liked it. I liked it. I think I liked Road Ro Road Warrior better mm -hmm. um, after having seen all of them. And then there's Beyond Thunderdome, which, which is just its own. It's, it's, it's way on the bottom of the list. It's it's. I still think it would make a good double feature of Hook. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So if anyone out there wants to have a good a good evening, double feature Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Hook. It would totally work. Yeah. Um, this has kind of been all over the place, but that's usually the way that this podcast goes. And yeah. it's kind of nice ranting to someone as opposed to just me like talking into the microphone because I've got someone to bounce things off of. Uh, is there anything else? Is there anything that's on your mind about, you know, like... The idea of collecting or movies, you know, like how what they mean to you now versus then, or just like things that you appreciate more than you did before, or I things mean, that you honestly hate about it about the collecting. Because I'm sure, I'm sure there's annoyances. Like I, I can kind of guess some of them. Like what? Like the fact that I can't walk into a store and not look at the movies. No, it doesn't bother me. Oh, I always feel like it does. No, the the only. The only real annoyance isn't even really an annoyance. It's just like a how. I mean, it just goes back to like how a lot of them are limited. You never know how mm -hmm. limited they're gonna be or how popular they're gonna be, and just it's annoying that we can't always afford mm -hmm. the ones that we want, or you know. And then it's like we jump on buying one of them but then a couple months later a different company puts out a different kind a different version and then it's like now we need to second buy it because that other one has better features and god forbid it has different features that's, and then we have to keep both of them i have i like that's my biggest complaint right now and it, they don't do it intent like, oh i know that they don't uh, like it's Arrow like arrow and scream factory have very similar catalogs yeah because scream factory doesn't have the rights to sell in in europe right arrow does so, like, uh, and I torture myself by doing this, but there's a website I follow called DVD Beaver. It's a terrible name for a website. <laughs> it seriously sounds like porn. Yeah. Like, Paul's dad told me about it. He's like, oh, because it was when I got my first Blu-ray player. And, like, I didn't know if all movies looked but Like, I was still discovering. And he's like, go to DVD Beaver. They do comparisons. I'm like, DVD what now? <laughs> uh, and they do any, ver like, most of the reviews will have like here's every version of the DVD that came out with a screenshot of it and here's the Blu-rays and they compare them and tell you and like I torture myself with this but especially because we, we have the nice fancy Scream Factory version of the thing but I had to look at Arrows and in terms of like uh, they couldn't even necessarily give it say this one this release is better than this release right? because they say either one you could comf comfortably say is the definitive because yeah. their transfers are so close that they both look great they both sound great and so like they couldn't really give a, a they just said for all three categories of pic of uh, picture audio and features they just said blu-rays <laughs> that's funny <laughs> like because like the 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 one in the era one has different features and you right know, because they have their own market and it's that like sometimes you're like oh Arrow just put this out but I wonder if someone else is gonna cause like I really want 
at some point, uh, there's a Sam Peckinpah movie I've been wanting to get called Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which is one of the greatest titles I remember you ever. talking about that. Uh, Twilight Time here in the States originally put it out. You know, Twilight Time's model, they make uh, 5,000 units in total. They sell a little bit more expensive. I get why they do it. They like If our suggested retail price is $29.99, why would we sell it for cheaper? Yeah. The price is $29.99. We're going to sell it for $29.99. Yeah. Um, and a lot of t- their titles sit, you know, they don't sell out, but then you get titles like Bring Me the Head of Gar- Alfredo Garcia that sold out, or Fright Night yeah, that sold out, or Christine, which now they, Twilight Time lost the rights to and someone else put it out, but like, right. knowing that like, oh shit, I can't get that anymore, and it's extremely expensive, and the only thing available is a bad DVD, Arrow just put it out. Huh. So it's like, oh shit, I can get that. So it's yeah. like, sometimes like, do I wait? Do I jump? It's it's a balancing act. Yeah, it is. And I mean, we were literally just talking about this the other day, but like, Disney is a particular annoyance <laughs> because yeah. as much they, as we love Disney, they put out their own movies multiple times with different versions. And it's like, do I need to buy the new version of The Lion King on Signature, signature Collection? Originally, I mean, we, originally, we said no, and then we found out there was a, a piece of film in there. Yeah, from the film, and, and we had like, to do well, it. Fuck, we have to own this. Um, but, like, you know, because they literally do it to themselves, I forgive the other companies because, you know, Arrow's going to get different things than Scream Factory's going to get as far as features. And Arrow might find a better version to do a transfer from that Scream Factory didn't have access to. You know, that makes sense, mm-hmm. and I can forgive that, but Disney doing it to themselves is really annoying, because their stuff's also really expensive. It is. Unrelated, you know one thing uh, that I kind of like about Disney, and I re- re- re-remembered this when I was re-watching Peter Pan the other day? What? Um, that their features don't just cater to children. You know, they've got the kitty mini games and the yeah, no, they have, feature. And they put a lot of features on them, especially I, the new ones. Like the one I was watching the other day on Peter Pan, which was about the kids that, that uh, the animate, the nine animators who worked on, who worked on Disney's early films about their kids and what it was like growing up with their fathers. Like no kid would watch this feature, no. but it's on there and I yeah. appreciate that. But you want to hear something that's gonna, it's an annoyance. I haven't even told you about this yet because it annoys me. Um, our love for steelbooks, the UK has uh, Disney steelbooks that the United States don't get. Oh. Like, pretty much every, like, signature film or diamond edition film that comes out, the UK gets a special edition steelbook. What? Yes. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, I guess I should bring it up now, because we're talking about how our annoyance is behind this. That's depressing. It's a company called Zavi. Oh, no, you have told me about that. Oh, I have. I forgot about it because I feel like you only mentioned it in passing once or twice. Zavi is like the Steel King. Steel King. Steel Steel King! <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler. Uh, the Steelbook King. Steelbooks sell okay here in the States, but they sell gangbusters everywhere else. So, like, they. Maybe they'd sell better here if they put more out. Chicken and the Egg. Best Buy right now is the leading place for Steelbooks. Are they selling? Yes. Well, then more places need to carry them. Mm-hmm. Like, Transformers just came out had a steel book. Like, I feel like every release that comes out has a steel book. I almost bought Baby Driver on 4K just because it came in a steel book. It had 4K, <laughs> Blu-ray, yeah. and DVD in it, so it yeah. had everything. But I was like, I want, a, I want a steel book of Baby Driver. 
And then like it's all the the blue uh, steel books are also annoying because no one ever has the same ones. So do you drive to Best Buy? Do you drive to Target? Do you go to Walmart? You know, you never know who's yeah. gonna have the steel book this time on this particular release. Mm-hmm. It's like, like steelbook relay. Like hell, like after this recording, we're probably gonna end up going to Target because we still need to get food anyway. It's like something to eat tonight. Yeah. George Webb's is by Target. We have chili on the stove, dear. Fair enough. Um, well, you mentioned getting something. No, I know it's it's for tomorrow, but we probably should not leave the stove on. Fair. Then we'll, we we can food. go to Target tomorrow, or I can check it on the way back from Ryan's. That's probably the best bet. Uh, regardless, <laughs> I can't think of a uh, of anything else to touch on for this topic, other than. I feel like anyone who's listened to this show by now knows that movies are more than just a way to pass the time. Sometimes they are, you know, like, yeah. but they're, like, a big part of everything I do. That's the reason I do this podcast. It gives me an excuse to talk about movies. <laughs> and gives me a chance to, like, to to see things that, like, I knew I should see, but I haven't. Yeah. You know, and a lot of cool stuffs come from it. We still have to make that damn disc for Odd Obsessions, so they can they can rent the movie. Rent the you still have show. to make damn business cards, or give me the information that you want, so I can make you business cards. I've been meaning to talk to Nick about what information we should put on said business cards, so I can send him the logo. Because like every time we go someplace, mm-hmm. I'm like, you could leave business cards here. Yeah, and I'm always like, you're right. <laughs> and I just, we just stare at each other with our shoulders up. But, you know, like, good things have come. Like, I got this really cool partnership with Vinegar Syndrome. Mm-hmm. They're really great guys. Yeah. I'd love to... It still blows my mind that they're just a couple people. Yeah, it's super It's not, small. like, a big company. It's just some dudes. Yeah, and they all, like... And it's kind of funny, because, like, I'll see... They, they have that store now in Connecticut, the archivist. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the guys who run Vinegar Syndrome run that store, too. So they tend store down there, and I just think it's... So fun! I would love to get uh, James, the guy who um, kind of set all this up with Shameless. I'd love to get him on the show. Did you ask him? Not yet, but you know, usually like how our email replies go is I send him an email, and a week or two down the line he'll reply back because he goes all the conventions too. Oh yeah, so, like, I mean, with how few people they have, like I imagine they're. It's also kind of hard to get people busy. on the because like, I haven't figured out how Skype interviews work. If I don't have, if they don't have a microphone, I need to look because other yeah. podcasts do that where they'll have someone just Skype call them and they record their audio. Like, Google it. Oh um, yeah, I plan to. It's a strange thing to Google, but because uh, I'd love to talk to them about like how... just Google Skype recording Skype interviews. Oh, wow! You just made that a lot more simple than. Shut up. This is why I Google everything and you Google nothing. You just sit and wonder. There needs to be wonder in the world, Amanda. Fine, then I'll just Google all your answers from now on and just <laughs> never tell you. That's no fun. <laughs> Alright, I think I think that's it. Um, we should probably go find something to eat. Yeah. And watch something. We can watch a movie. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening, guys. This... It's always really. It's I'm always trying to find interesting content for whenever I have to go by, do an episode by myself, so it's not just me picking a topic at random like i like having other people to talk to like i can do this show by myself but i mean it makes it more fun mm-hmm. it's hell we've hit an hour 
Yeah, we really? Yeah, it hasn't felt like an hour. But yet when I'm doing this by myself, I'm like constantly checking the time. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm only at 15 minutes. Like, I, my goal is always to at least have a half hour. But this is literally our life. We literally talk about movies. Yeah. All the time. Like, I should just start setting up the microphone more when you're not when you're not realizing and just make a compilation of all of our There talks. you go. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of other random ass crap in there, too. There is in this episode, too. Fair. All right. Fair. All right. I think that's it. Um, the animals are bored and we're hungry. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, me and Nick should be back on the ne- for the next episode. It'll be technically an older episode but it'll be new for you. All right. Bye-bye.